Watch The Song That Changed My Life, Monday nights at 7.30 on BYU-TV. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the mistakes we might be making with our children, okay? And then, as those kids get grown up and older, we're going to talk about the mistakes they may be making with your grandkids. Four points to consider and a look at the big movies released over the weekend. All that and more right after the news on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Party leaders in Congress are still struggling to agree on a compromise to avoid the looming fiscal cliff that will take effect at the beginning of next year. Republican leaders want more detail from President Barack Obama about what he plans to do to cut federal spending and reduce the deficit. They also want to do everything they can to keep election promises to keep tax rates low for the very wealthy. However, White House officials are being very firm in their stance. The president has even threatened to veto any compromise that makes it to his desk that does not include a tax hike for the upper class. To further support tax hikes on the hikes on the wealthy, the White House has released a new report saying that if taxes for the middle class go up, consumers will spend 200 billion less in 2013. This is just the latest effort by the president's team to help convince Republican lawmakers in the House to raise the tax rate on those making $250,000 or more a year. The loss of $200 billion in consumer spending could cause a huge dent in the continuing economic recovery, which is why President Obama is working on passing cuts for the middle class regardless of the pending fiscal cliff deal. An important move as the middle class is the main demographic who voted to re-elect him. The Supreme Court has made the decision to revisit the controversial Affordable Care Act, which is the signature legislation of President Obama's first term. Many thought the law would face no further hurdles after the president won re-election, but now a religious-based challenge will be heard by the top court. Liberty College is challenging a portion of the Obamacare law on the grounds that it requires taxpayers and employers to subsidize abortions and contraception. The college may now also argue that Congress's Congress exceeded its powers by requiring employers to provide health care to their workers. However, experts say that argument would face an uphill battle. The New York City Police Commissioner is criticizing President Obama's lack of stance on gun control laws. Raymond Kelly is dissatisfied with the president who in his hometown of Chicago is facing some of the worst violence in the country. During the campaign, both President Obama and Mitt Romney were criticized for not taking up the gun control mantle. The farthest the president has gone on the subject is to say that he wants to start a broader conversation about decreasing violence, which he admitted is carried out mostly through cheap handguns. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend. See how long I waited to take that one there? Sky it took Boy? forever. Sky's always like uh, twirling better. his finger in the air, telling me to go, <laughs> go, 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 go. Hey, I'm not in a hurry, brother. I just got back from vacation. How was it? It was vacationerific. That's not a word. I don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it was, oh, it was so great. Uh, five-ish days. Was it five? I don't know. I got lost. It felt like five. We passed a, a flu around my family, which... 
you know, we give. We're a giving family. Sharing. We're a sharing family. I watched a ton of movies. By the way, not to be rude, dumbest movie I've ever seen on this earth. And this is coming from a man that loved Dumb and Dumber. The movie Three Stooges. Oh, gosh. The new one? I think so. Yeah. I didn't see it. Well, don't. Okay. My kids loved it. I didn't know they'd uh, made a new one. They made a new one uh, with the Ferrelli brothers. And uh, which are just, you know, the comedic brothers that love to do all the funny movies. And they had a big bunch of big name people in it. Uh, we bought it for my youngest. We call them the youngins. So I have a family with six children. We've divided them into half, the youngins and the oldins. And the oldins went to a movie and the youngins needed just their own movie. So we got they pick we let them pick it and they picked the three stooges. And my wife and I slept through the whole thing. So you didn't even watch it. Noel, I did, because subconsciously it was being pounded into my system. You probably just had a very bad dream about it, and now you think that the movie's terrible. Yeah, probably. Or maybe the movie was just, <laughs> or maybe the movie was just was terrible. Just terrible. It was <laughs> terrible. And we're going to be bringing on the movie expert here from BYU. Sean O'Neill is going to come on and show us or actually review or preview. I, I guess he's reviewing because they've already been out a couple of great movies. We'll be talking about that in the next break. And... Uh, We're also going to be talking about communication problems. Now, I know this is going to be fun because as I look at you, uh, our, you know, our boss, our boss, uh, Don, was sitting there saying that you guys put the fun in dysfunctional. And um, he was actually talking about his family. But I I consider you my family. And um, we're going to. Except for you, Skyline. (laughs) Why are you sniffing? That was was a nice fake cry. Fake cry, cry, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we're going to be bringing on all of these. uh, We're going to be talking. I'm going to be the expert today. I'm going to talk about communications and and how to communicate more effectively with your kids. But we're going to have you guys talk about your parents. All right. Which we know they love because what better way to bring unity to a family than to have you talk about them on Sirius XM. And also they can't stop us or tell us what to say. That's right because you're college students. Exactly. And, yeah. They might not even own a Sirius XM radio. They do. Receiver. Oh, they do. They do. Okay. Well, I'm sorry ahead of time. Well, for anything, whatever. For anything. Yeah. <laughs> to the Tobin family, I am so sorry for what your son may say in a few breaks from now. Um, okay. So let's get to the news. On the show, as you know, we like to talk about the human factor, the things that make us human, all the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, see if we can't give you a leg up on this crazy thing we call life. We're going to start with Skyboy, who no way somebody just handed you that, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, did you do pre-work? Okay. I never do pre-work. I know. It's all right. No. Um, so over the weekend, or I don't know when exactly it became official, but South Korean rapper Psy, his video Gangnam Style, yes. is now the most watched video on YouTube. He Ga- surpassed Justin oh, Bieber. No way. Yeah. Gangnam Style, which was featured on the Matt Townsend show yes, only a few we weeks ago. It and launched it to this, this incredible- I mean, we held- we helped, all right. Well, Sky, a lot of it here is how you sell the story. So you have to say, <laughs> Gangnam Style is now the number one most watched internet video in the history of the world. I love it. I love which it. Is, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it beat out, what was it? Uh, which video? Was it Justin Bieber? Yeah, it beat out Justin Bieber's uh, baby. <laughs> Die, Bieber. <laughs> Die. Gangnam Style's coming at you. 
Oh, we I almost... had the fader turned down. Turn up your fader. <laughs> oh. oh, is that it? <laughs> Donk. Hey, um, I, I don't want Justin to die, but I'm glad that somebody's unseated him. Me too. Especially Cy, because he's so cool. And he's like a good role model and right. just everything. Is Cy a good role model? And when know. he meets people, he wears a suit? Yeah. Well, and you know what I think that's neat about him is he brings so much happiness to the world. He really does. <laughs> yes. Robbie's got something. The world has changed, has it not, since the oh, internet no. came out uh, 18 years ago? Finag- yeah. Whatever it's been. What's the deal? What's the change now? Which U.S. president truly embraced Ford. the internet? Oh. No, not Ford. Truly embraced the internet? Well, I think uh, President Clinton was ruined by the internet for a while. If you look at uh, the last presidential election, it's the first he, time we saw huge Obama, amounts of money Barack. spent on trying to use social media and really yes. try to uh, internet advertising. But as you look back in the past, it's easy to tease presidents for not being able to truly embrace it. And actually, you know, it seems hard to believe now. We'll look back three or four presidents from now and go back to now and go, oh, wow, you know, Barack Obama hardly knew how to use the internet. Yeah. And you look at uh, President Bush and he talk about the Google and <laughs> you just call it the internet. But if you go back to Bill Clinton, he was the first president, according to this was an article uh, Salon.com had, to send an email. Oh, Rob, not just one. Two. He sent two whole emails? Wow. One to the troops uh, who were serving uh, near the Adriatic Sea. What do you want to bet he didn't actually send it? And the second – oh, probably not. What do you want to bet he just uh, had it sent, which is a lot like sending it. But his others was uh, an email to uh, John Glenn in 1998. You remember John Glenn? When John was – yes. Going back to space again. And uh, dear John, thanks for the message. Hillary and I had a great time at the launch. And he has a few other – Yada, 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 remarks. tons of fun. Sincerely, President Bill Clinton. And what's funny is the uh, really the only record we have of this email is uh, somebody published it in a book. <laughs> so it doesn't really look like an email he anymore. Had, he sent a total of two emails. That's amazing. Like seriously. But it, it just shows how much the look world has changed. Look at how we're advancing. The, you know, because when he took office in 92, the internet yeah. was only about one year old. Well, and that, yes. Oh, wow. I Times he, are he changing. He took office in 93. He was elected in 92, but. Okay. Wow. Well, speaking of presidents, mm-hmm. um, so apparently this lady bought a $5 um, photo, or I guess it was a picture of a horse at a garage sale, and she just had this gut feeling that there was something behind it. Took it home. It was a portrait of JFK. No way. Yeah. Hidden away behind it. Uh-huh. And so apparently it was the really cool thing is that it was drawn by this forger, um, who just mm. apparently he did some time, but he redeemed himself by doing stained glass in the prison. Oh, and apparently he was is so it good. Worth anything? Uh, yeah, it is actually. Because like, I could put a picture behind a picture, <laughs> and that's yeah. not worth anything. Well, I think like he drew the picture. Like that's who the okay. artist was because yes. it was signed. And um, yeah, it's worth like two thousand five hundred to five thousand dollars. Well. Score. It's like good investment. Put That's five a bucks great in. investment. That's why that I always look behind any painting. But at my house, we don't have any paintings that are worth anything, and there's nothing behind them. 
Except like a crayon from my son. It's probably probably Dumb. a few holes. You have boys. There's probably a few yeah. holes in walls. There's a hole. There are holes in walls behind but, dressers and pictures. So just go yeah, home and no, just check them out. No, ours are not even behind anything. Ours are right there. Right there. We turned our whole front little foyer area. I don't know what you call it. Our whole entryway into our house into a basketball court. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's even got wood floors. And it's got scuff marks from their tennis shoes all up the door where they've been trying to slam it off the door. It's bad. But you know what? My my wife tells me we're raising a family, not a house. And like, we'll be really raising deep. this house when we're done with this family. <laughs> True story. That's what we're going to talk about later is how I've ruined my family because I never say no. Well, hey, it's your family. You can ruin it, right? Good point. It's not mine. Appreciate the point. Right. It's a good one. It's your family. Do what, great, you, do what you want. You can always it. start another one. Right. But see, in my business, I can ruin other people's families too. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else got some news? Because I've got some news that will blow you all away. Yes, you, yellow card. Oh, well, um, <laughs> surveys in, Matt. Um, most what? Most people, I think it was 47%, Yes. Uh, don't like Facebook. Also, they only have Facebook because everyone else has Facebook. Because the other 53% do. It's kind of like one of us is not nearly as dumb as all of us. Like we all just... Well, they've got to be dumb if they keep following the other one. I guess. I so mean, it's lemmings really is, falling off the bridge? They're lemmings. And the 53% must be the leaders and the 47% of the followers. I guess. Because if we just switched it, then we'd be dead. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't no, know but a lot meant. of people are saying, you know, I only have it. I only keep this around... Because it's weird if I don't. I actually really hate it. And I really, really? want, I really don't like myself that I have. I don't well, know if they say that. That's more me. Because, yeah, are you like speaking for the world now? Well, a little. A little bit of me in there. They've got to uh, keep but... it because if not, we're just going to keep getting more of these. I know. So everybody just keep your Facebook and look me up on Facebook, Matt Townsend on Facebook, <laughs> and be my friend, dang it. And then um, <laughs> let's get everybody looking at my Facebook page. Why I say that is I don't – I got mad when Pinterest started going off and what's the picture one? Uh, oh, uh, Tumblr. Uh, is that what the, it is? Oh, the uh, Instagram. Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Instagram. And Twitter and LinkedIn. No. No, 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 no. LinkedIn's we, more useful. I have LinkedIn and Facebook, but I can't have the rest of these. I have Twitter too, but I'm not – I don't know how to do it. <laughs> And I nor do I have the attention span to actually consistently do it. So I'll forget about it for months. Then um, I'll see it on my little icon. Now, here's our problem. I, I'm going to start a movement right now. Facebook forever. Facebook forever. That's the movement. Facebook forever. I Pinterest need some music. never. Pinterest never. <laughs> and I think Pinterest is great. I just – I cannot learn another one. I am trying to learn a MacBook Pro. I can't do a MacBook Pro and a Facebook and a Pinterest. It's overload. I can't do both. So on behalf of the world, let's keep Facebook forever. Just it's not the best, but I just don't want to deal with another one. That's right. And I don't and it's not like I'm against the rest. It's just I have no more energy to learn another system. So sorry if that ruins the business model for a lot of you, but Facebook forever. That's my new motto. Facebook forever. Let's all just be okay with it. We need a song for that. Skyboy, will you come up with some song over time here? Facebook forever. That's the new movement. Okay. This might catch fire like Gangnam Style. Let's do it. started on the show. Let's so. get, yeah. I, I don't know that I want to blow it that big because uh, that one was exhausting. <laughs> I blew that one out of the water. But I want Facebook forever. And again, it's not anti-everything else. I'm not. I'm not. I just am very lazy.
Uh, I do have some good news, though, for other people. Um, there, apparently, and this is true because it was on the internet. Uh, if you go to the week, the week magazine online, it's the week w e e k dot com. Um, there is research out that says a shaved head gives you an advantage in corporate America. A shaved head, okay? They and this is a study, true study, that says that men who've buzzed off their hair are perceived to be more masculine and dominant. And people think that they can bench press more. If you look at Sean O'Neill, who will be joining us in a minute to do a review of the movies, Sean is the manliest man in the entire office. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, seriously, do you believe this? Okay, let me just tell you the study. This is from Wharton. Hello? Wharton, one of the great schools. In the office, yes. At home, never. (laughs) Yeah. Researchers found that men with shaved heads are perceived to be more masculine, hello, dominant, not to mention on average an inch taller. I'm, I better take down the flower wallpaper in my cubicle then. You really do. Every, by the way, people have been talking about that. That's okay. weird. Um, meanwhile, men whose hair is thinning but not shaved off, those stuck in the comb over purgatory, were viewed as weak. They were viewed as weak. What they did is they showed 344 subjects' uh, photos of the same men in two different versions, one showing the man with hair, the other showing him with his hair digitally removed so his head appears shaved. The subjects reported finding that men with shaved heads as more dominant and um, than their other uh, their comb-over partner. In one test, men with shorn heads were even perceived as an inch taller and about 13% stronger than those with fuller manes. Hmm. That is so true. Like that's so funny. I think. Don't you think that's it's it's hot? Bald yeah. men. Sean, can you can't you bench like four hundred pounds? Uh, no, I weigh no? about that much. Though. Well, well, <laughs> but if you can <laughs> get to your car, then you're more than benching it. Um, if you think of this though, this is what's cool about it: Vin Diesel, Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, uh, um, Amazon's Jeff Bezos, and Microsoft Steve Ballmer. All bald eggheads, perceived one inch taller. Well, then you had you know egghead from the Batman show too. That, oh, did I offend? You also had uh, Kojak. Hello. Oh, who was more manly than Kojak in baby. the seventies? Who loves you, baby? And who's the other one that we were thinking so much about earlier? Um, well, I mean, the photo there that you well, have is Bruce Willis, Charlie Brown. Oh, of oh, course. No, Charlie yes. Brown. The saddest, the manliest of men. Oh, that boy. No. He had a problem. That boy has problems and he doesn't fix any of them. No wonder he's sad. <laughs> well, hello, it's Lucy. Well, you know, I don't think that this news is going to be like make some of these Indiana Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders any happier. Because they, they actually shaved their head during a game to raise money. For the Indian Did they really? Indianapolis Colts coach that oh, has he leukemia. Has cancer. Yes. Yeah, so they shaved their heads during game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the cheerleaders. Yeah, cheerleaders. Just two of them. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure. Oh, thanks. Yeah, just thanks, Skyway. <laughs> Way to jump I'm on impressed. that. Hey, 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 not all of them. <laughs> just two of them have caring but, hearts. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like that's kind of stereotypically the one that takes a lot of care of themselves, yes. a lot of care of their hair, and they're just like, oh. We'll shave it off. It's going to pay off, though. Yeah, apparently they raised like 22000 over $22,000. Sweet. See? Bald Wonderful people world. help, too. Good job. So if you're looking at somebody in your office that has a shaved head, just know he's more powerful than you. As we all know, Sean O'Neill is, and we're going to come back with Sean, and he's going to walk us through some of the newest released movies. 
right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Now, your camera can also be your tape measure, thanks to NASA-developed software. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. There are some jobs you just always dread. For construction contractors, one of these is taking measurements from tricky or even dangerous places, like a rooftop or the side of a tall tower. That's one reason a California company called Digicontractor licensed and incorporated some NASA technology to enhance their line of software products. Now, you can pretty much ditch the tape measure as long as you have a digital photo of what you're trying to gauge. The software, called U-Photo Measure, works by taking the dimensions of a known element in the photograph, such as a window or a door, and uses that information to figure out the dimensions of other objects in the photo. There are plenty of uses for U-Photo Measure. Police can measure distances and positions from a single photo of a car crash, saving time and clearing traffic faster than using older forensic methods. Even oceanographers have found use for the software, which lets them map the growth or decline of coral reefs underwater, just from a picture. The technology is pretty innovative, any way you measure it. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Parenting can be a tricky business, and we all know families don't come with a handbook. That's why we can learn from world-traveling family coaches, the Ayers. Join the Ayers on the Road for family, parenting, and general life advice. Monday and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, today we are talking, actually right now we're going to be talking movies with the Family Man movie reviewer, Sean O'Neill. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you very much. Uh, you'll also recognize Sean's masculine, uh, very domineering voice um, from The Morning Show. He's the executive producer on The Morning Show. Wow, I got, a t- I got an upgrade. Are you, you seem taller too, Sean. That's because I'm are not in taller? a chair. Oh, I think that's because <laughs> you shaved your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, Sean, two movies came out, I guess, right? Actually, there were four uh, four Ooh. movies that came out. I was only able to see two of them. Let's see. Which ones did you like? Which ones did you well, go to? Well, uh, Life of Pi I was not able to see. I want to see I, that. I want to go see that. I think that's going to be a very good story. I've heard, I've heard wonderful things about the book. Uh, pi R squared was my favorite math uh, equation. That's good. Is that what we're talking about? Nerd. No. Okay. No. Nerd. Pi is the name of a boy. Life of Pi, is yeah. that what it's called? Oh, he, it looks good. And the he tigers. ends up being in a lifeboat with a tiger. That's a bad nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope you had something to eat. <laughs> but of the movies I did see, we could start off talking about uh, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Yeah. It's surprising sometimes that uh, Hollywood, who it seems they, they, they always laud people for originality, yet in Hollywood it seems like every other movie is 
a remake. Yeah, what's up with that? It's almost like they've lost ideas. We have to regurgitate the content. I guess it, this one didn't maybe work. It's like Let's a, make it work this time. Exactly. I guess it's like a store. They have to rotate their stock. Yeah, and keep it <laughs> keep it fresh. It's like the garden when you have to churn in some manure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. There's one way to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. A right, Red Dawn remake of a 1984 movie that starred Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. Now, how come I haven't heard much about that one? Because it was so bad that they wanted to remake it. Yeah. It's because Patrick Swayze and, and Jennifer Garner, they're... Uh, no, Jennifer Grey. Oh, Grey, looking good together. They were, dir- they were in Dirty Dancing. They that's were the Dirty one, Dancing. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that everybody knows them for. They don't realize that a few years before, they were in uh, Red Dawn together. That's where they got the chemistry. And then you also have Charlie Sheen and Leah Thompson, also in this group of kids. Mm-hmm. Is it Basically, a good movie? I, yes and no. Really? Yeah, I kind of waffled on this one. More yes or more no? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Well, you're the reviewer, Sean. A little more yes than no. Really? Okay. But uh, Red Dawn uh, starts off with the invasion of this little town, this time in Washington. The old one, it was Colorado. Washington State. Washington State. Little town. And Jed is back home on leave from being a Marine. Okay. In the original one, I don't think he was military at all. He was uh, a dancer. Well, (laughs) there is that, too. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, Jed in this movie is played by Chris Hemsworth. You might know him as Thor. Ah, uh, Thor, yes. Mm-hmm. And then his brother Matt is played by Josh Peck of uh, Nickelodeon fame. Yeah. Wow. This, this is, is star-studded. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So they see the paratroopers coming down, and they're, they've got to get out of there. There are bombs hitting the ground and everything. They're, they drive away. They're trying to find their dad, who's uh, a policeman in town. Uh-oh. Dad comes around and says, follow me. And they, get, they crash because the army hits their truck and stuff. And they finally get away, go to the cabin. And from there, they try and decide what they're going to do. And Jed says, this is what we need to do. I know we're outnumbered and we're outgunned. That doesn't mean we can't make a difference. So it's up to us to let people know that there is a fight on. A fight that we need them to join. Most of those soldiers down there, they don't want to be here. So we have to make it too hard and too difficult and too bloody for them to stay. When I was overseas, we were the good guys. We enforced order. Well, now we're the bad guys. And we create chaos. Chaos. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Well, it they sounds try and, good. They try and, yeah, it sounds good. Sure. I bet people got shot. Yes. There is a lot of violence <laughs> in this there? film. Hand-to-hand combat, bombs, grenades, mm. guns, traps, you name it. They try and create cre- create chaos in the streets of their town. That's all they needed to do is and to, you know, put up a fight. They're freedom fighters. Wow. They're the, as you, as Bryce would say... They're grouped up together because they are Wolverines. Thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually the mascot of the local high school. Okay. So that's where the Wolverines come so from. So you kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. Uh, there is um, the, uh, there is some alcohol involved. Big brother offering little brother a beer. Oh, smart. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, hey, they're freedom, hey, for well, freedom fighters. Hey, you're at war. Hello. Exactly. There are no rules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, also, I hate to give stuff away, but not much of a resolution in this film. Really? Yeah. So the war never ended. And there's a, there's a, there's a surprise death in it too. That you don't see coming. I don't know if it was in, I, I watched the old one last night, at least parts of it. And I didn't, I didn't 
I didn't get all the way through it. I never, I've never seen the old one before. Which one did so. you prefer? Uh, the newer one, yeah. I think, is much better, much more high tech, except for when they start any sort of hand to hand fighting or fist fighting. The camera is jiggling all over the place, and you can't tell what's happening oh, see, in that the makes fight. Me nauseous. And I can't. I, I hate that effect. It I just, can't handle it's a just fight stupid. like that. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. You yeah. don't know. You don't know which way the plot's going to go until the end of the scene. And if you're not going to do that, I mean, at least show me what's happening. So this could but, be kind of further down the list, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't go to this one right off. There's the bat. a lot of good ones. I Let's, gave it two and a half stars. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's not bad. It's okay. Let's but do not this. great. Let's take a break. Okay. And I'm going to come back, and I want you to tell us the other. Now, tell us the other movie you saw. Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians, because this is where I think this we all need to be aware of this one. Talk about a war. Yes, this is a war. This is a war, but this is a war of this the is things a war we hold dear over children. Ugh. Okay, we'll be back talking about the uh, the movie Rise of the Guardians with Sean O'Neill, the Family Man movie reviewer, right here for BYU Radio. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Are there some global issues you wish you could know more about or could get an inside perspective on? Notes from the Kennedy Center presents lectures and seminars from international diplomats and scholars discussing issues and events from all over the world. Become a more informed global citizen and tune into Notes from the Kennedy Center weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Just a little under a week after successfully negotiating a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, Egyptian President Mohamed Morsi has sparked a new wave of protests in Cairo after seizing extended presidential powers. He is now in negotiation with top judges in an attempt to defuse the crisis. Protesters so far have reacted very quickly to any move by the Islamist president that could push the country towards Islamic law. Crowds clashed with police, killing one and injuring over 300. Leaders of the movement say Morsi's decree must be scrapped and protests will continue until it is. With the world's attention on the Gaza Strip last week, the Syrian rebels wasted no time continuing their effort to depose regime president Bashir Assad. Opposition forces were able to take control of a military airstrip and continue their offensive to seize a hydroelectric dam. Both are very important tactical advances for the rebel forces. Syrian army airstrikes continued to pound rebel-controlled cities, which resulted in the deaths of over half a dozen schoolchildren. Spillover from the fighting also prompted Turkey to launch anti-aircraft fire at Syrian military planes that strayed into Turkish airspace. The head of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is stepping down in December after four tough years. Mary Shapiro took up the position after being appointed by President Obama just as the financial crisis took hold and the Bernie Madoff scandal came to light. Shapiro will be temporarily replaced by the SEC commissioner while the president decides on who to nominate as her replacement. Shapiro has been criticized by some for not being harsh enough with big banks and Wall Street. However, she was able to reestablish the agency as a purposeful regulatory body. 
DreamWorks' latest film, Rise of the Guardians, flopped over the Thanksgiving holiday. The movie lost out big to the latest Bond and Twilight flicks. Guardian pulled in just over 30 million in five days. The film features holiday heroes like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, Jack Frost, and others teaming up to fight evil in an almost Avengers-esque style. Over the holiday, Breaking Dawn and Skyfall pulled in 64 and 51 million, respectively. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are, right now, we're talking about the movies. Today, we're going to be talking about communication problems that we may have as parents with our children. But who better to bring into the into the room with us uh, but Sean O'Neill? Not that he has any communication problems with his children. I'm sure my wife's asking that same question. Yeah, she's like, I'm so glad they're <laughs> fixing him. Uh, he Now, Sean O'Neill is the Family Man movie reviewer. And I don't know if you heard that, but Sam McCall. Yeah, I just news, heard Sam just taunting me over smack. there. Mm-hmm. About our our show, we're going to review right now, Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians. He says yeah. it, it. He said it flopped. It flopped was the word that Sam used. Flopped. Twelve million dollars, not the greatest opening weekend I'll over flop holidays, for 12 but million. you also, I would too. <laughs> Some people are going to be fined twelve million dollars if they flop in the NBA now. That's so, true, huh? Um, but you got to consider what movies were also out this weekend. Yeah. Breaking Dawn. Right. I'm sorry. Terrible movie, but, but big huge names, following. Yeah, big, big noise. Huge following. So that was the top movie of the weekend, by this, the way. Made $43 million. Was it really? Just this weekend. Well, hold on. That, the Life of Pi seemed... That was, that, Life of Pi was actually below Rise of the Guardians on the list. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, Skyfall was number two. Lincoln yeah. was number three. And then Rise of the Guardians was number four. Okay. Well, tell me about Rise of the Guardians, because this, I think, is a long. This is a battle we've all been waiting for. Oh yes, the this convergence is, of all that we. This is a battle that's been hundreds, centuries, yes, in the making, forever. Yeah, it's just been going on forever and ever. <laughs> it's basically a battle of belief, hmm. of what kids believe in. Pitch is played by Jude Law, and kids don't believe in him anymore. He's also known as the Boogeyman. Ooh. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Boogeyman. He's the bad guy. No, yeah. So, so Pitch the is other guys, everybody. Yeah, Pitch. So the other guys are the Guardians. Well, at least most of them are Guardians. Let's find out who they are. You're all hard work and deadlines, and I'm snowballs and fun times. I'm not a Guardian. Jack, I don't think you understand what it is we do. Each of those lights is a child. And good or bad, naughty or nice, we protect them. No, no. No offense. How was how, how that not offensive? I mean, what's this clown know about bringing joy to children anyway? Uh, you ever hear of a snow day? I know it's no hard-boiled egg, but kids like what I do. But none of them believe in you, do they? Bunny, enough. No, the kangaroo's right. The The what? What did you call me? I'm not a kangaroo, mate. If you're not a kangaroo, what are you? I'm a bunny. The Easter bunny. <laughs> wow. I love that line. I'm the bunny. What's with the hovering helicopter? Uh, that's actually little fairies 
because oh. the lady there is the tooth fairy. Oh. Those are her people that go out and collect the teeth and leave the gifts. Excellent. So, so they're, they're, they're like little hummingbirds, war. kind of. Like her little posse? Yeah. The, yeah. It's her teeth posse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually hundreds of them that live in really? her area, and they go all over the world. I was wondering mm-hmm. how that was done, but mm-hmm. that makes sense. That's it. Yeah. So you had Santa. You have, you have, well, starting off, you had Jack Frost. Okay, yes. Jack Frost is not a guardian, but no. he's been chosen to be one. Oh. And he's turning down... Hey, I don't want to be a guardian. Yeah, that's what he's doing. It's kind of like being on an executive board. Mm-hmm. And then you have the tooth fairy there who is a guardian. Yeah, for sure. And then you have Santa Claus. Well, the tooth... Okay, Jack... I'm sorry. Jack Frost is played by Chris Pine. Okay. Tooth fairy is played by Isla Fisher. And then you have Santa Claus. He's the one that said, Dis, you know, whether they're naughty or nice, we protect all the children of the world. Now, is he the one with the strong Russian accent? That's the one. And he's I played by not. Alec okay. Baldwin. Interesting. I thought Alec Baldwin did a marvelous, well, marvelous awesome. job. Okay, there's a good team. And then there is the Easter, the Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny. What do they call him? The Easter Kangaroo. Yeah, he called him a kangaroo. Well, the Easter Bunny in this movie is like seven feet tall. Yeah, he looks scary. He was, he's, he's, he's not as scary as Pitch. <laughs> but yeah, he's very, very tall. Uh, about seven feet. And he's played by Hugh Jackman. Really? Yeah. Nice Australian accent. I think that's where the kangaroo comes from, okay, actually, is the that's accent. that's it. Yep. Despite the fact that he's seven feet tall. Yeah, he's huge. <laughs> but these guardians all have magic powers. Oh, the other guardian who's there who you can't hear because he's he doesn't speak is the Sandman. Yeah. He uses sand to make pictures above his head so that he can communicate. Really? It's really cool. Yeah. And uh, then you have Pitch. He's not a guardian. He's the bad guy. Yeah. He's played by Jude Law. What's his life? And he is... He wants... He wants to destroy the Guardians. He wants children to believe in him. So he makes it so that children do not believe in the other Guardians. Oh, he's naughty. Yes, he is. He's Very on much the naughty so. list. Mm-hmm. Is he, um, is he, he's just trying to scare everybody. He, he's, he is. He's, he's here the to king be, of nightmares. That's right. The boogeyman. He wants nightmares to rule the world. He has these horses. He, he uses what looks like sand as well, but it's black. Black sand. And he says he learned the trick from the Sandman. Oh, great. So, but uh, he takes things over in certain places. He de- he destroys one of the Guardians that... Uh, really? Yeah, you don't know if he comes back or not. Oh, and, um, heavens. It's kind of scary. A you like this a little one. Bit too, I love this movie. This movie was fun. Was there explosions? Were there any no, explosions? Was not there really. a carnage? There is some carnage, yeah. Really? What would that look like? Well, you have pitch covering things over in blackness. Glo- uh, he, he, yeah. he goes over Bringing Santa's in globe yeah. in his toy store, uh, toy workshop. And so all the, you know, the, here, the little lights on the globe are all the children that believe. Uh-huh. And you see all the lights starting to go out on the globe. Oh, it's pretty cool, though. It's, like um, it. There is some violence in there. There's some fighting. Santa has swords. Uh, Jack Frost has uh, his staff that he uses. The Tooth Fairy, I don't. She doesn't fight too much. She Sandman, just pulls teeth. Sandman is a mean one. Is he, he? If he wants, if he wants to go after you, Sandman will go after you. Yeah, some of those just elves look pretty out. rough too. Mm-hmm. But this movie, the animation is fantastic. What I really liked about this film is, it, like in the scene that we heard. It sounds like they're all in a room together doing the voices at the same time hmm. instead of recording one person at one time. Yeah. And that just made it cohesive for me. Can you tell it's, us who wins? No. I don't do spoilers. Sorry. But apparently, goodness won. I don't know. Okay. 
You might have to watch the movie to find well, out. Well, my son did lose a tooth, and the tooth fairy oh, did Oh, there come. you go. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything. Do they believe? But, uh, they better. It's also a very good story about Jack because Jack, he wants to become a guardian, but he doesn't know his past. And he's so he has also to find the youngin too, so he's mm, kind of he's, less. Jack's been around for three hundred years, yeah, actually. That's at young. the time of this story. Oh, for really? these guys, that's very young. Yeah, actually. he's just a young punk. But you also have the Man in the Moon. Really? Yes. Just a little cameo. He's, he's a, a, a kind of, but the Man in the Moon you don't hear. The Guardians hear him, but you don't hear the Man in the Moon. But he is—he's he's in the movie for a, a little bit. Neat. You don't ever see a face or anything. This is all based on William Joyce stuff. He's, yeah. an, he's a children's author. He did uh, Roly Poly Oly a few years ago, <laughs> that you might recognize yeah. from like Disney Channel. That's what my wife calls me, by the and way. And there's a set of books, actually, uh, also. There's picture books for little kids, and there's novels for younger, uh, for older so, kids that, oh, I that have cover never these read characters. These. See, called, my kids are all kind of past They're called that. Guardians of the Children, is the series. And it's a very... Is there going to be a sequel? It's a nice series. I, there could be. I mean, this could go on. I don't forever. know that there will be, but there could like be. Avengers kind of thing. You know, actually, one of the uh, one of the critics that I saw said this is the Avengers for the holiday season. Ooh, you could do one every year. Mm-hmm. I wow. think I I really really like this movie. Gave it the full four stars. Did you really the full I did. four? Went for the full four stars. Family friendly. I think it'll be. I, I was watching a documentary actually on the Santa Claus this weekend. Didn't know that the Santa Claus came out in November, November eleventh. It was released. It didn't hit number one at the box office until December 7th, yeah, the next that's, month. Yeah, this is going to make – this will go big. I think this might do the same thing. Then we'll see what Sam McCall's saying. Yeah, exactly. Talking smack. I know. That's cool. <laughs> Anything else that you think we should go see? Because Lincoln. To, okay, yeah. You got to go see Lincoln. Fantastic performance from mm-hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis. Spielberg, I mean, when he directs a movie, he directs a movie. Yeah. It's, he tells a story. He is a masterful storyteller and does it so well with visuals. And Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, he'd be so great. His performance in this film as Thaddeus Stevens is magnificent. Um, he he brings name-calling to a new art. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Bryce Tobin. There's, there's, there's a whole question of, uh, of equality before the law. Yeah, uh, you know, dude, and and he's and he's stuck on how to answer, and then he comes up with a beautiful answer that just stuns <laughs> the other party in in the house chambers. Really, and yeah, they they're just dumbfounded because he uses so many so many words to describe this other guy across the aisle that just bring him down. What did you <laughs> give? What terrible. did you give the Lincoln? Lincoln, I gave it four stars. See, it seems like we've all been waiting for these movies, and now they're I know. coming out. And The Hobbit. And The Hobbit's going to be great. Coming out next month on the 14th. Yes. Settle it's down, be Hobbit good. people. It's oh, be look good. at all you get excited when The Hobbit comes on. Yeah. They're, 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 all, they're all putting their names in the hat to see if they can go with me to the screening. Oh, that would be nice of you, but did but, you tell them you're taking me? No, I'm taking my wife. Sorry. <sighs> <laughs> well, let's Which just, is really going to destroy my 14-year-old's Yeah, well, <laughs> just listen to the rest of our show. She was hoping to go. You know, you could buy a ticket. Not to the screening, no. Okay. Yeah. Why, why? Well, send him with Skyboy. Okay. Why buy the cow when the milk is free? Mm. I go to screenings. That's a good thought. For free. That's a great thought. <laughs> good. It's a, it's a great job. There you have it from our Family Man movie reviewer. Why buy the cow when the milk is free? <laughs> Go to the free screenings or just listen in. Uh, when do you do your movie reviews? Fridays, usually. 
They're out on uh, they're they're out to here on uh, on BYU Radio on Fridays in the morning, six thirty and eight thirty. I think is when they usually run in those breaks. Yeah. But if you ever miss them, you can always go out to the YouTube channel. Go out to the YouTube channel, yeah. which is BYU. Uh, it's YouTube.com slash BYU Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Just look up BYU Radio and Family Man Movie Reviews has a playlist out there. You can look them up. See, check them out. Sean O'Neill. There you have it. The man, the myth, the Family Man Movie Reviewer. Thank you. Looking for a free handout. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about communication problems we have with our children. What are the mistakes we're making as parents that may be handed down generation to generation? You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Robotic gloves from NASA Research are giving auto workers a hand at the factory. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. If you've ever had to hold a tool in an awkward position with a lot of grip for any length of time, you probably wished for some better way to get the job done. And so do astronauts on spacewalks. General Motors and NASA recently developed a human-like robot for the International Space Station together. And from that program comes a robotic glove that could be worn by anyone here on Earth. Driven by common power tool batteries, the gloves weigh less than a kilogram but can double the strength of your fingers and hold that position so your fingers can rest. The glove is modeled on the human hand with sensors and tendons and it does whatever your fingers do. GM is excited about developing the RoboGlove for their assembly line, where it might prevent repetitive stress injuries and fatigue, helping workers handle parts safely and efficiently. Eventually, the glove might go commercial, where it could find a job anywhere from rock climbing to laying bricks to helping you fix that leaky pipe under your kitchen sink. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace. Through collaboration with NASA, and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Music simply sounds better from a live studio. Listen to organic, unedited music on Highway 89, Monday through Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Now, uh, we're going to talk about communication today and some of the errors or mistakes we might be making. Now, I learned some of these while I was on my extended weekend with my family, and I broke every one of them, which is how I came up with the list. But uh, we're going to now bring on our Bryce Tobin, our very own um, ranter. Is that an actual title? Is that like a rank? In it's, this yeah, show. ranter is like just under extreme irritant. Okay. Yeah. 
Have you ever seen a human resource posting for a job opening where they have title and then rank? Yeah. And so you'd be, yeah. you know, data yeah, processor right. level two. Yeah. So so ranter one, you think? Yeah. I well, he's probably a ranter two. Ranter right two. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's almost a, an extreme irritant. <laughs> Almost. And we mean that in the best way possible. A girl can dream. But you asked this question, okay? Do your kids not like talking or is it they just don't like talking to you? That's the question you asked. That is the question I asked. Well, are you going to answer it? Uh, I most certainly am. Well, here we go. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. Kids are easy to talk to, right? Of course they aren't. First hurdle is just getting their attention. And if you can accomplish this without making them mad, you have just performed a miracle. Then you gotta talk to them. Now, normally this is the point where I give up and praise the heavens that I don't have any children of my own. But if you must continue onward, your next hurdle is getting these kids to understand what you're actually trying to say. This presents several problems because depending on how young the kid is, there's things that their brains can't comprehend because their brain isn't done growing yet. So if the subject matter is beyond them, there's no possible way for them to understand. But if you do manage some mutual understanding, there's miracle number two. The next part is certainly the best part because now you have to get them to remember this little conversation and unfortunately things like these talks are notorious for going in one ear and then magically escaping into the ether. And I really have no guidance to offer because every kid is different. If I were to make a suggestion, I would suggest that you use scare tactics. Not because this is a particularly effective teaching method, but if you record it and it's funny, you can put it on the internet so it can brighten my day. But if you succeed and manage to get something to stick in their brain, There's miracle number three, and according to some people, that's grounds for applying to sainthood. Other than the fact that you need to be dead. Our communications with kids can either be useful or useless. As for useless communication, my favorite is the shameless self-promotion. So let's say you work up the courage to want to teach your kid a lesson. And you think, oh, I know an anecdote from my past that I can share. Okay, once you have the story in mind, I would stop right there and ask, is the story pertinent or am I just taking up 20 minutes of my kid's day in an effort to tell them how awesome I think I am? Because if that's what you're doing, your kid is going to pick up on that pretty quickly and try as hard as possible to not pay any attention at all. When it comes to useful communication, I have found that short, genuine communication without coerced attention and ulterior motives seems to work the best. It really cuts down on the mental list kids have of good reasons why I'm not going to listen to what you're saying. But then again, what do I know? I haven't been cursed with offspring yet. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Wow, for one that has not been cursed with offspring, you sure are very wise. I, you know, I don't think so, but we'll see. We'll see. Oh, we will see. <laughs> we will see. I like the idea that you say that you should share, you should scare your children. I, I mean, a lot of people would not go there. A lot wouldn't because they're nice people. And, yeah, nice people um, would probably say, well, we probably ought not go there because scaring our children maybe is, you know, going to then cost us a lot of therapy later. You know, but uh, what's really important here is, is me. Um, oh, yes. I'm the star of my story of my life um, because there's really no one else involved. Well, by the way, you're nailing it. But <laughs> you have, you're you nailing your story and your life. But like your kids. But you have uh, an accent and it doesn't work. Oh, I don't. That's the Dallas Texan in him. Maybe. No, it's it's if you're going to if you're going to parent your kids, make it fun for me <laughs> to so, watch. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. You're talking about YouTube. Exactly. 
I see nothing wrong with scaring my kids either. I love I do scaring. It. Them. I mean, it yes. might be fun. It's fun. It well, might it's be fun, fun until they cry. Well, and yeah, then mom but I don't. I don't. I try not to go that far. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I can't control myself. Well, once I start, it goes there. No, but they they also know because I you know you only scare them a little bit and they know that you're oh, just playing around. Yeah. At least my kids do anyway. You know what I tried? You tell me if you've ever done this, Sean, because this okay. is a big, big, big deal. And I think you'll get a hoot out of it, Bryce. Okay, I'm ready. Um, so one of my kids was teasing another kid, and he would not quit teasing this other child. And when this other child's teased, he just keeps whining mm. and whining oh. and whining oh. and whining. So when I can't take the whining anymore, yes. I have to deal with it. So I jumped in, and I, I did what we call the enchilada. And I rolled the kid up really tight in, the rug? in, a, in a blanket. Oh, and uh, to the point that he couldn't move. And he had – he actually used, I have claustrophobia. I have claustrophobia. <laughs> he was actually using that phrase, which right there tells me he's fine yeah. because he can breathe. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> if he couldn't say that, then I'd be like, I better loosen the blanket. But he freaked out. And then it got ugly. And then he didn't talk to me. <laughs> which – isn't that what you wanted in the first place? Well, I thought it was. Okay. Really, you just what I wanted to get rid of the whining. I wanted, oh. but the, and the whiner just stopped because he was happy because the mean guy was being taken care of. Yes. But I don't know if that was the right thing to do. See, most of these things happen though out of view of the parents. Yes. And so you never know if you're getting the true story. Right. I don't even care about the story, especially anymore. when especially when there's hitting involved. Yes. And it's in the other room. Yes. And that just makes it just drives me nuts. That's try the burrito or the enchilada. enchilada. That's a great. No, thing. I do. I I I do the double timeout. Ooh, that sounds technical. Yeah. If what they, do you do? Well, if neither one. You oh, know, you put them both in timeout. Exactly. I put them both in timeout, looking at each other. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. It's like that's the parent trap method. Yes. Where you put them in the same room together. Oh, I don't do that. I oh. put one outside and then one inside the door, and we shut the door. <laughs> and they have that to can, look at each other. Oh no. We, we've gone so far as having to sit next to each other, actually touching on the couch. Holding hands. Yes. <laughs> okay. that, that was a great story. Uh, two boys were fighting uh, when I lived in Houston. And uh, so mom got sick of it. She had two big boys. And she said, okay, both of you are going to go stand in the front yard and you're going to hug each other. And oh. I'm going to tell you when you can stop. And so people were driving by and saw these two <laughs> high school guys. Look at those just cute. Big oh, hug. They love each and other. And, oh. you know, anytime they complained, anytime they had uh, anything. Fest. It was m- one more minute. One more okay, minute. Okay, that's therapy right there. <laughs> that those is so kids funny. No, up. I totally agree with what Sean says. You know, in my uh, one of my classes for, you know, the de- developmental psychology, you know, for children, um, one of the important things is just, you know, like it takes two to have a fight, you know, and it also increases the likelihood that they will solve their problems on their own instead of coming to you if they know that both kids get put on timeout. Because then they'll be like, Shh, I like, like that. Like, like well, don't tell mom. Like, you know, like we don't want to be put on timeout yep. because they know that they're going to get in trouble. You too. know what? Tasers does the same. thing. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Tasers shuts them right up. But also if they're if they're fighting over the same toy. You know, the not sharing. Yes, you break the toy. Well, no, not break <laughs> you it. You break it in half. You, you put it on top of the refrigerator. Oh, out of bounds. Yeah. And neither of them gets it. Well, my kids would get it. No. Because the problem is we get tired and we go to sleep. And when we go to sleep, Jack Frost and my son get up <laughs> and, the, and the Sandman. And they get up and they'll get all those toys down. Isn't that weird? That's when I throw the toy away. Oh. 
You're tough. Sean mm-hmm. means business. Is that why? Is that why you're not going home, Sean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Usually, I'm heading home by you're now. Like, you, I was like, you'd be so excited to go home, but I'm now usually you're waving like, at you through the window right now. <laughs> you can hardly wait. <laughs> but it, it's this parenting thing's tough, isn't it? It's not easy. No, no. But you do the best you can. Yeah. And you hope things are turning out right. Yeah, you don't know though, do you? Till well, until you do. Until you see the other kids yeah. and the other families. <laughs> Isn't that true? I tell you, like, oh, I'm so glad. I love you guys. At yeah, least you're not exactly. like that. But it was interesting because we had to we, – we went to a restaurant and I hate taking my children to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But A, we can never decide. So my wife and I just spring it on them. And the minute we pull up into the restaurant parking lot, they're like, no, no, no. I don't want to go here. Yeah. And anyway, so then we get them a table for five and we go sit by ourselves. <laughs> It's really romantic. and um, But then the waitress <laughs> comes over and makes us sit by him. I know. Ah. Anyway, do you struggle like going to dinner and stuff like that? Like that's hard. It depends on the day. Um, there have been times where we've thought of walking out of the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But you got to eat. Sometime. Kids. Little gifts from heaven. <laughs> Right, sent here to crush us. So uh, we're gonna when we when we come back from just the break, your dreams. I know, just our dreams, and they really are beautiful and wonderful. And I had a story. Oh, my my son. I, I maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but I won't say which one. <laughs> one of my kids comes home. This is cool. He works. He's one of my working children. So we know he's at least yeah. over fifteen. Yes, and we're or trying 14. to. What we're trying know. to do is, if we we figure if we can get seven bucks an hour out of him, we're doing good. So he cool. goes and makes money and brings it home to daddy. But does does he charge you more when he does stuff? No, he doesn't actually. He doesn't. How does he? He. Do, I think he charges my wife. Oh, I'm trying to figure that out because I think I'm paying double. Um, he comes home. This is what he says, Dad. I had the coolest experience at work. I'm like, what? And this is where I realized, you know what? It's kind of working. The burrito enchilada thing works. He he says, I sat there. I left. And there was a pregnant woman working who was doing dishes. He works at a little bakery. And he says, I felt like I should stay and help her. But I, I was done. And they don't like us to work overtime and stuff. So I went out to my car, put my stuff in the car. And I got this prompting again that I needed to go in and help her. I go, what did you do? He goes, so I went in and I didn't check back in and I spent 45 minutes and I sent her home and I did her dishes. And this is what he said. Totally cool. Dad, it was the coolest feeling I've ever had. And I'm like, okay. Enchilada works. Isn't that cool? That is. Pay off. And he, he, he doesn't know why. He doesn't know. Like it's not like she had her baby. It's not – but he just felt like no one was treating her right and she's pregnant for heaven's sakes and he felt prompted and followed the heart. Huh? Sounds good. And then uh, one kid threw a ball at each other and they started another fight There's right after that. <laughs> Burrito – or enchilada time. Enchilada time. But you can't do it at the restaurant. They get they frown on that. They frown on – they think it's weird when you I roll up on the rug. I down and my kids are like, I can't breathe. Well, they, when you ask for so many tortillas from the kitchen, <laughs> they, right. they look another at you funny. Yeah. See, but that makes you hope. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, there is hope. There are some keys. We're going to talk about the four worst mistakes we make when talking to our kids And this is good for your grandkids as well. So come back, listen to the Matt Townsend Show. We'll take a break right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. 
Freshen up your mornings with Marcus Smith and the BYU Radio Morning Show. Lifestyle, news, current events, science, technology, and just about anything else. You'll be feeling good all day long when you start your day with Marcus Smith and the Morning Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Party leaders in Congress are still struggling to agree on a compromise to avoid the looming fiscal cliff that will take effect at the beginning of next year. Republican leaders want more detail from President Barack Obama about what he plans to do to cut federal spending and reduce the deficit. They also want to do everything they can to keep election promises to keep tax rates low for the very wealthy. However, White House officials are being very firm in their stance. The president has even threatened to veto any compromise that makes it to his desk that does not include a tax hike for the upper class. As the end of President Obama's first term draws closer, another top government agency official has given his resignation notice. The well-liked director of the U.S. Patent Office, David Kapos, announced that he will be leaving his post at the end of January next year. Kapos is known for his work ethic and long hours. Patent attorneys have praised his work to improve communication between companies and the patent office and his effort to decrease the staggering backlog. The Supreme Court has made the decision to revisit the controversial Affordable Care Act, which is the signature legislation of President Obama's first term. Many thought the law would face no further hurdles after the president won re-election, but now a religious-based challenge will be heard by the nation's top court. Liberty College is challenging a portion of the Obamacare law on the grounds that it requires taxpayers and employers to subsidize abortions and contraception. The college may now also argue that Congress exceeded its power by requiring employers to provide health care to their workers. However, experts say that argument would face an uphill battle. New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg said today that he is going to ask Congress for $9.8 billion to cover the costs of cleanup and recovery after Hurricane Sandy. He also said in a letter to the New York congressional delegation that the total costs of the storm to the city are almost double that amount, but private insurance and FEMA are expected to cover much of the extra load. The city plans to hire 5,000 temporary workers to help with the continuing cleanup effort. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking communication problems, communication breakdowns, the worst mistakes we make when talking to our children. And uh, we got four points that I learned each one of these uh, over the holiday with my children. I literally have broken each one of them. And I don't know why, but it's just bad parenting. And I have a PhD in parenting. Well, you know, you... (laughs) <laughs> hypocrisy is that what that would be i well, don't know no, that's, that's I severe i wouldn't go there i wouldn't um, go there that be, that's severe that that's exactly bad. what it says on a, the diploma though which yeah. hangs above his spacious office what? In, just because i know this stuff restroom. doesn't mean i need to live this stuff hey 
No, I'm just saying. Hey, that's ranter. What's okay, I'm, you've I'm been just, demoted. I'm sorry. You're no longer a ranter too. You're a ranter one. Is that going down? Um, I don't know. Make it easier to attract other candidates to apply for the job, though, because it's closer to entry level. That's true. Okay, sorry. <laughs> demoted. Um, okay. So now you've, this is what I love about this because you, even though you haven't been parents, you've all had parents, right? Yeah. I'm just yeah, checking. I think so. So far. Everybody's okay. Good. I was wondering how many, how you got here. Um, uh, so here's what I want to know. First mistake we make as parents is we feel guilty for saying no. Now, apparently, according to a parenting magazine, 76% of parents say their children are spoiled. That exact same percent in the study find it hard to say no to their children that are spoiled. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think there's a correlation. If the child knows they're spoiled, are they really spoiled? No, actually, the parents were studied, not the children. Oh, okay. So the children might not know they're spoiled, but the ch- the parents do. So how come parents can't say no to their children? And I don't know why I'm looking at Bryce because there's no one in the room that can say no better than you. It's – I Even if it's wrong. This Can I this eat is... acid, Dad? No. <laughs> See, that's easy. It's easy, right? I this one really kind of hits me hard in my heart area. In the heart area, because you're pointing to your heart area. It's really just my chest. There's yeah. not a whole lot going on there. All right, not a I whole lot know. of heart. Yeah, but I I don't get it. Like when kids have things to to request of me, and as long as it's if it's unreasonable, yeah. which is most of their requests, uh, if it's unreasonable, I really have no joy greater than saying no to them. But what if you make them cry? Well, see, you, you got to be delicate because when they cry, it's no fun after that because then mom gets involved and then yeah. she, well, you know, then, yeah, she then makes a big deal about everything. Um, but, but it's like that's your job. My, my job as an adult around kids is to make sure these kids who have no idea what's going on don't ruin themselves, all right? <laughs> that they don't spoil themselves further, that they don't injure themselves. That so, they don't... Okay, but fix this for me, okay? The parents can't say no. And but the, I, there's a reason. There's a reason they can't say no. It's because they have a heart and they just need to get rid of that. It's, I think it, you know what I think it is? It's because the parents haven't said yes when they were supposed to. Oh, oh. guilt. So they have guilt. For example, when, the, when you're so tired and exhausted and you just want to get dinner done, so everybody just eat and shut your mouths. Well, how do we shut our mouths? Annie, don't ask questions. <laughs> So we're sitting there yelling and trying to fight with our children, getting them to eat. And they're like, Mom, can we – I want to make cookies with you. And she's like, no. I've got to do Facebook. <laughs> I don't know why I got emotional right there. But um, – and so instead she does Facebook, right? Okay. When she should be making cookies with the little boy. That's a no that makes her feel guilty. Meanwhile, there are no's she's also saying. It's not a big deal. Can I have a laid over with so-and-so? Sure. should say yes. But she has guilt. But the guilt is where she should be saying yes but isn't. Boom! Well, there was also that time back in the 90s when people had more money than time. So what do you say uh, no to? Can we go to the park and play ball? No, because that takes all Saturday. Can I have this $49 toy? Sure. Because that, how much time does that cost? See, that's the difference. The difference is we 
So I think – so if you out there in listener land are having issues saying no to your kids, go check and see if you're living your values. Because if, you, if you're saying no, you're saying yes to some things. And if you're saying yes, you're saying no to some things. So I'm going to bet you have guilt because you're not spending your no's appropriately. No, don't go in the road when that truck is coming. So that's a good no. That's a good no. That's a no that they need. Mommy, can, can you read a book to me? No. Bad no. That's a bad no. That's a bad no. Guilty no. Do you think? Yeah. Well, Parenting's guilt. It's a, there's a lot of guilt as, with parents. See, although, you know, I'm not a parent, like, I have a lot of little cousins, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, we always have family stuff. And so, like, same thing happens to me. Like, I have this cute, just adorable little cousin, and he'll be like, do you want to play with me? They do that cute voice. I know. It's just so... Wait till they're 18 and they're doing that. You'll want to pop them right in the kisser. <laughs> But, you know, like at first, my first reaction is like, no, uh, because it's like, I'm so tired. Yes. But then you just look at them and you go, oh, you okay, melt. all right. Okay. And then yeah. you, it That's turns out I'm better for that. About. So like maybe just even work on just being like kind of taking a step back, being like, okay, even though you're tired, you know, because my thing is just like, I would miss an opportunity to make a memory. You That's know? right. So. See, but now let me tell you where this gets harder. So that's great with one kid or a nephew that like whatever. <laughs> um, but when it's your kids and you've got three kids. True. And they all Definitely want your, And then harder. your husband comes home. Blah. <laughs> it gets harder. Don't even talk to me. I think that's one reason why we feel guilty for saying no. So you out there in listener land, if you are unable to say no to your kids, try a couple things. A, try some more no's. But to say a no, you got to know what your yeses are, right? So you got to know really what matters, what doesn't matter. Oh, you got some price. Well, just I'm just saying, just think about what you're saying yes to. Yeah. If if no to story time at bedtime, what are you saying yes to? That's right. Well, Facebook. Right. Even though 50% of the people hate it. Yeah. But 50 love it. I don't know. So I'm saying yes to Get half rid the of people those on my Facebook page. That's one key to to uh, to saying no. Another key is make sure you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because I think that will eliminate some of the guilt. Finding the peace, the love. And I think, honestly, you're supposed to feel guilty. I really do. What's family without a few guilt trips? Well, I think part of that is you want to be better. And it's hard because there's just a lot going on. I mean, who motivates better than mom with guilt? Well, dad with an enchilada roll. Well, yeah, that's more When you roll them up in a, in a blanket, like a little <laughs> enchilada. Because here's the deal. Like, so I'll do my show. I will leave here very soon after. I will fly breaking laws to see a child's recital. I that We will make them hold him back to the last child. I'll make it in just in time. Then that'll go on. Then we'll probably take him to dinner for a fight. And then we then I'm going to a game with the local basketball team, the professional basketball team from Utah, the Utah Jazz, with my other son. That's my night. You Your mistake is night. you need to double the stuff up. And you could save a little cash. I could. Take the, instead of taking the son to the jazz game, take him to dinner, and it could be the same dinner that you took the recital kid to as well. But I got to get the kid to the jazz game, and the kid's got to be at the recital. I and I, I've tried splitting them, but that hurts. Just I've skip, got two skip places the jazz game. Just don't take him to that. Oh, I know that's a different kid. He that can, kid's he, he can go to the recital. Uh, oh, he's going to the recital. Then we're going to the jazz game. Is the jazz game payment for going to the recital? No. Okay. No. This is he's just we're just going to the recital because his brother's playing. 
So it's two kids, two different things. Now, if we threw any of my other kids in that I'm ignoring, that would really complicate that's, this. That's who you're saying no to by saying yes. See, but that's right? what our parents out there are dealing with. It's, it's crazy, right? Okay, so that's the first problem. If you're feeling guilty for saying no, then that may mean you need to say yes in better places, okay? Number two, here's the second mistake we make as parents, not keeping our cool during conflict. Oh, boy. Did any of you see your parents lose their cool? Oh, boy. Oh, Robbie did. Oh, boy. What's, what's the story, Rob? Because I know I, they listen. Honestly, I think I did pretty well growing up. But I know siblings who didn't. Yes. You were an angel. Well, no. Little but, angel Rob. <laughs> you know, cause I come from a family. Of, oh, oh, that's a pretty angel <laughs> I don't have sound. headphones on. That's a great – you missed a great angel sound. <laughs> I came from a family of, I thought – decent people and, and yeah. I think for the problem with decent people is when you consider yourself decent then you consider your opinion it must, not just the right opinion it's the right the so right really the correct don't opinion. lock in and get stubborn right. and so the problem is when you have a, a brother who's 17 and is pretty sure he's right too and a, a father who's it's my house and these are my rules man those arguments would start at about 10:30 uh, at night Game and they'd on. they'd you know I'd wake up about 2 o'clock in the morning the argument was still going it had drifted about across eight different topics oh. <laughs> had nothing to do with the original argument but it was just this and then your dad's like thrown out your mother and then all of a sudden mom gets involved no Ooh, no she bad. she was good she'd she'd stay out of them would she stay out yeah that's smart how come she didn't get all sucked into it cuz when she got stressed out she just went to bed it's a, it's a great topic because she knew something that dad right didn't. <clears throat> You're never going to solve the problem at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. So just you're, set it aside, well, go to bed, a, and deal with it You're the fighting next with day. a teenager. What do you win when you fight with a teenager? Nothing. Nothing. You don't win anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess you have to decide, do I, would I rather be right or would I rather like be effective long term? And that's what I've noticed 10 years later dad has learned. See, now he gets it. Because then it's like I can still win. You're still the dad. So if you just sit there and say, OK, well, I guess we agree to disagree. But you can't take the car till we agree <laughs> my way. Um, but it's interesting. We've got to learn to keep our cool. And here's what I'm learning. When we don't keep our cool, our kids learn the pattern of fighting or flighting. So it's this pattern where one person pursues the other. So this is the number one killer of marriages is this pattern of fight flight. And I think it's because as parents, we don't ever figure out a way to teach our kids how to have a conversation where we disagree without it turning into a fight and a flight. And it's usually this idea when the parent starts talking or when the child acts like a whiny child, the parent takes the role of parent. Yeah. And once we've kind of learned that and ingrained it after years of fighting with our, our parents or our kids, I think we then take that same fighting pattern on to – our next relationship. And if that doesn't get fixed, so here's what I suggest you do, timeouts. And as an adult, you call it on yourself. Now, it's hard because you want to be right. And by the way, you may very well be right when you're fighting with a teenager. The problem with it is it doesn't matter if you're right. They're still a teenager. For example, if you're driving through an intersection and you're, you have the right of way and another car doesn't see you, you may be right. You'll also get T-boned and you will also (laughs) suffer the consequence of the fight. You'll get to stay up all night because you can't sleep now because you're hijacked. So it's not about being right. You can be right and still dead. I've tried that T-bone thing before. It's not good. Two-way intersection. I had the right of way. So you were right. Yes, I just kept going. And they just, so did they. 
Yeah. And who won that one? Well, the car lost. Your car lost. It was a, it was was my car, so I didn't care. Oh, your parents. See, it's back to your parents. See? What? Always picking up the bill. Mm-hmm. So we got to keep our cool. One way to do that is calling timeouts on ourselves and just removing ourselves. Once we see that we're starting to get heated and we're now fighting to be right instead of being um, effective with our children, then maybe it's time that we remove ourselves. Now, it would be great if you had better communication skills. You could actually get in and have an adult conversation, but we don't have time to teach you that on the show today. We will eventually bring on some experts to teach you how to have the adult conversation. Uh, But the third issue we're talking about is how a lot of times – and tell me if any of you have this one. A lot of times when we're talking to our children, we tell them what we don't want instead of what we do want. Okay, yeah. I just think that's – a huge issue, especially, you know, with miscommunication. You know, like if you're kind of with your kid, you know, a principle that you kind of learn is to say like, okay, because you know, like if little Jimmy runs across the road, you say, no, don't do that. Yeah. Don't go on the road. Don't go on the road. Instead of changing it to come back. Yeah. I want you to stay on the sidewalk. I Mm -hmm. want you to be over here. It is. And we do it with everything. We like, I don't want you going out there with your friends and driving all crazy. So what do you, you okay. want me to just stay home? Yeah. yeah. What do you want me to do? I exactly. want you to be careful. I want you to remember that driving is an important privilege. Mm-hmm. I want you to drive in a way that your kids, your friends can be safe. And I want you to wear your seatbelt and mm-hmm. drive the speed limit. It'd be so much easier if we tell our kids what we want specifically than what we don't want. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of the things that they teach, you know, like child care providers, you know, it's just how to turn it. I forget the exact term, but it's something talking about positive speaking, something like that. But um, pretty much. Spin. Yeah. Um, it's just like, especially with little kids, yeah. you know, it helps so much if you go, okay, instead of, oh, don't touch my clothes with all yeah. that paint on your hands. Just be like, Hey, yeah. let's go wash off your hands so then you don't you get anything else dirty. My, yeah, exactly. Yeah, then then we can go play. We can rough around, yeah. you know. And really, when you think about it, like if you treated all kids like that, yeah, then they would know what to do. Because the first thing, if you tell them, no, don't do that. Like if you say, no, don't run across the road, some kids would just stop yeah. in the middle of the road, and then they're just like, well, because what do you want me to do? Instead yeah. of being, we like, don't tell them. Being like, here, I want you to stay here. Exactly. I heard a story about that. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, who's a football coach, used to be – now he's on TV you know, as an analyst for football. But I guess he used to yell, uh, don't fumble the ball, don't fumble the ball, whenever their guys would go out on offense. And one of the sports psychologists for the school came and said, hey, you know, maybe if you just didn't tell them not to fumble it on the way out, maybe if you told them to just hold on to the ball – Hold on to the ball. Yeah. Hold on to the ball. They'd at least know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's easier to do something positive than to not do something negative. Well, that is so true. Well, just going to the sports thing, like I can just think of, you know, in water polo, you know, if you're thinking like in the speed of the moment, you know, like, okay, like, wait, don't do this. But then yeah. you think, oh, I did it. So oh, geez, I, yeah, I did it. Yeah, exactly. And so you go, there but go. what do I do? Yeah. You know, but instead, if you're just like, okay, like make a good pass or do, you know, if you're just have like that positive beat, then you go, okay, you go, okay, make a good pass. Yeah. Yeah. Clean pass. Mm-hmm. See, um, I really think it's it's like telling somebody like right now, don't think of a pink elephant, Skyboy. Don't think of a pink elephant in a tutu. Don't think of a pink elephant in a tutu with a parasol and a gun in her <laughs> this left hand. It's like hand. Inception. <laughs> or a gun. Is it like that? Yeah, do you remember? The, I've never beginning? seen Inception. Oh. I don't watch what? movies like that. 
Oh, missing out. I don't Pop culture. But, you know, it's or my favorite thing when you have a little kid who's really annoyed to be like, don't smile. Oh, yeah. That makes him mad. <laughs> yeah. Just. Don't smile. Oh, like, don't kick smile. your brother. Don't kick your brother. Next thing you know. Ow! So one of the rules then has got to be tell them what you want. Tell them what you want from your children. I want you guys to love each other and go hug on the front lawn. That was what Bryce's parents told me. I think that was hilarious. Oh, did someone wake up, Bryce? Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get to our last point. So, so far, the, the, the keys are, if you're feeling guilty for saying no, then maybe try saying yes when you should. Uh, instead of not keeping your cool during conflict, call some timeouts on yourself. And third, instead of talking about what we don't want, start talking and telling your kids specifically specifically what you do want out of them. When we come back, we'll get into the final one about apologizing and learning to recover from an argument. We also are going to show you that, you know what, even if you have fought with your children growing up, all those great little lessons may still wear off and they still may be a great child. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. forget to plug in your phone or laptop soon you may not ever worry about that again this is innovation now bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas emerging technologies and the people behind the concepts that shape the future the high tech of about 121 years ago was electric power transmitted through the air without wires by the inventor nikola tesla but it never took off commercially until now at the most recent Consumer Electronics Show, attendees could see an electric sports car named after Tesla and see it able to recharge itself by just parking over a spot on the floor wirelessly. No wires, no connectors. At the same booth, you could see cell phones recharging wirelessly from inside a purse with no charger in sight. Induction charging technology is as old as Dr. Tesla, but until recently, consumer devices that used it counted on laying your device on a special mat or pad connected to the wall socket to pick up the wireless charge. The innovation this year is in the ability to charge over a distance without any such contact, recharging devices from across the room or from the dashboard of an electric car. A national consortium for wireless power products is gearing up to provide standards for these products, so it won't be long before you'll see these devices in your own home and garage. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We have been talking today about the mistakes that we make while talking with our children. Some of the points we've been talking about are the fact that we feel too guilty for saying no. Again, that may be a byproduct of the fact that we haven't invested enough time to build up a bank account of yeses, right? If I've said yes enough, then no's should be fairly easy. They also could be fairly random, too. I'm, I'm a guy, by the way, that has an automatic no. So if my kids ask me anything, my first inclination is, nope. Why, Father? Don't ask questions. It's, it's just safer that way. Right? It's just, I think it is. It's my security. Plus, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take less energy. Well, and also it's easier to say no and then be like, oh, oh I, mean, I mean yes. Yes, I meant yes in a good way. Ex- yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. When you say yes and then no, chaos, right? Yeah. It's Mutiny, bad. 
Bad stuff. It's way bad. Not keeping my cool under conflict. I broke that rule about 10 times this week. I need to call my time out on myself. Talking about what we don't want instead of what we do want. As a parent, we should be very clear about what we do want. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be safe. I don't want you to just not die in a car crash. And uh, last but not least, the last one that I think may be the hardest as a parent for some of us is not apologizing or having the ability to recover from an argument. Now, we've asked Skyboy, who I don't know if you know this, was raised on a unicorn farm by a bunch of nymphs in Iowa. That's exactly right. Is that true? Yeah. Where butterflies and uh, rainbows exist. And leprechauns. And leprechauns (laughs) and a pot of gold. So your parents were really good at apologizing. I yeah I think so. They apologize. Like so, when, if they blew it with you, let's say they put you in a little enchilada roll in a blanket, and you had a hard time breathing. How would they come back once you kind of broke down and were crying? Uh, they I they would I don't know I don't think I ever was in an enchilada roll. That's a hard uh, one. To, well, they must not love you because <laughs> a good parent would always enchilada roll. Their no, child. but like if 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 my parents ever did anything that was like that they that they later felt guilty about. They would apologize. My mom especially was really good at that. I came – my mom was notorious for leaving notes on my bed, like oh, on my cool. pillow. Yeah. She'd like write little letters like – so if she felt bad about something, um, she would write me a letter and like put it on my bed and like apologize. That's By the way, that's a very good way to do it because it's an easy way to kind of save face. You know what I mean? You don't have to go face to face to do it and that's great. Yeah. What would your dad do? Um, my dad – An airplane banner. <laughs> He'd fly a banner by. Yeah. No, he would. Uh, Dad's it's hard, I think it's hard may to remember. Have a harder times apologizing. That's yeah, like, but he still he still would apologize. Would yeah, especially like if it's something that um, like okay, the one thing I'm thinking of, I can't think of many many times where like we got in an argument and they were wrong. They were usually right when I look back on it. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. But um, did you get that recorded? <laughs> it's recording us right okay, now. Okay, good. Let's see, I'm just to them. yeah. I'm gonna try and get more extra Christmas <laughs> presents and stuff. There you so. go. Um, but I do remember one time. So when I was, when I was, my parents gave me allowance off and on, like maybe like three times total in my life and it mm-hmm. lasts like a month. So I never really got much allowance, but the one month that I did get allowance, yeah. um, my dad, um, we were in Chicago and we were going to go play basketball and I didn't want to play basketball because my high school team, we just finished our season and I was kind of sick of, I wanted a break and I was with some friends in Chicago that I knew, but he threatened to take away my allowance if I didn't come. And so I went and while I was playing basketball, I blew out my knee, tore my oh, ACL, my MCL, wow. my meniscus, broke a bone in there. Take that, Dad! Yeah, so like situations like that, he like he really apologizes a Did lot. He? And, oh, I because he felt bad because it was he like you were you knew you were gonna blow your knee out. No, otherwise I definitely wouldn't have gone. <laughs> so like, You're dumb. <laughs> That's amazing. And he so he came back and apologized. Yeah, so he he would apologize. A lot whenever he needed to. See, I would have said, oh, sure. (laughs) Blow your knee out on me. You know what that's going to cost me? (laughs) You're not getting allowance forever. (laughs) That's a good dad, though, one that can come back and I guess you were probably – you were um, in the emergency room. No, because we were in Chicago. We had to – yeah, that was a long – uh, Plus, your was, dad's a doctor. Yeah. He's so just he just did surgery right there in the gym. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so apologies. So by the way, recovery, and there's a million ways you can recover. One of the things that research shows about couples are the couples that can recover faster from an argument 
which I believe we would learn how to do if we grew up doing it, they're probably – they are more inclined to be able to heal their relationship faster. Some couples take weeks to recover and they silently steam for a week or two that and then they finally come back. That seems a bit excessive to me. Yeah. Those would be the couples that are really in trouble. Which is a high, high, high percentage of couples. The conflict. So if you notice everything we're talking about, these are the problems that come down with conflict. We don't know how to like give feedback in a healthy way. We don't know how to keep our cool. We don't know how to be clear about what we want. And we don't apologize or recover. Those are things that we teach as parents that if we don't teach our kids how to do this, we're sending our kids out there to school to work on a radio show without any of these skills, which is why I wanted to focus on this today. It was an intervention for all of you. I like the subtle. But especially for Sam McCall, the news guy, who's, who's looking over our shoulder wanting to get on the news. <laughs> um, anyway, communication matters. Have you all learned it? Yep. Yes. Were you grateful for your parents this week? Yes. Rob, were you? Yep. Rob's giving us a <laughs> thumbs up. Okay, and the good news for all you parents out there is even if you haven't done this perfect, if your kids have moved on, just know they have picked up the lessons. The Just like these great people here, uh, they've got their act together. Uh, sure, Skyboy doesn't pay attention all the time. Sure, Bryce rants a lot. Got it. Sure, Madison goes out with older boys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a lot of stuff that's going <laughs> on here. But you know what? In the end, it doesn't matter because we still got good people. And there's never – it's never too late because as a grandparent, that's something you can still come back and do. Show them the love. There's your, there's your program, my friends. Thanks for joining us. And again, we'll be back every Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern time to give you a leg up on life. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you can take some of the tools and make your life better and brighter. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow again on the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.